When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why should you visit Worlds of Fun? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Worlds of Fun, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Get tickets as low as $39.99 online. Worlds of Fun, for the fun of it. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500. And tell them you heard about this deal on 107.5 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air. Live from Williams-Brice Stadium, pumping you up for the kickoff of the 2022 Gamecocks football season. South Carolina football on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Welcome back into the Extra Point. Two minutes after 11 o'clock here. <laughs> I'm out of breath. It's uh, Pearson Fowler, Preston Thorne, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark, broadcasting live from Williams-Brice Stadium. We are up in the zone right now. <sighs> where I was just seeing how fast I could touch all of the white tables up here. And then Chris and Wes are going to do it, and Preston's going to do it, and we're going to compare times. You're still really out of breath at the end of the show. No, I mean. Or are you just feigning it to impress us? (sighs) That wouldn't be to impress you, would it? I don't know. Like you worked really hard. Me? Am I, are we good? Are we, yeah. Am I live? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they should never have given Pearson the keys to this place. Like, <laughs> no, they didn't. I had to break in. <laughs> well, that, I believe. The gate was locked. So anyway, we've been up here. Guys, it has been so impressive to watch them put together the field. It's crazy. It was. There were no lines. They, didn't, they hadn't even finished cutting the grass when I got here this morning. And now the field looks game ready. Pristine. 16 days till kickoff. You, you should have put your video camera out there and just had it on a one-shot, and then you could have done that little speed-up thing like they do. Time-lapse? Yeah, you see the entire mm. thing come together. That would have been cool. Yeah, we got the scaffold out here as they're working on the LED There's lights. a lot of work being done and that has been done. Yeah, looks good. Looks ready for football season. How does the team look? Y'all just saw them. They win in 12 games? Undefeated, <laughs> as always, this time of year. Uh, no, it was a productive 25 minutes of practice, I feel like. Wow. As, as far as getting to see a little bit of 11, you know, that Ooh. was cool. Always like to get a glimpse of that. Can you tell us who you saw? Or is that for your Gamecock Central exclusive story? I think we can do that. Um, 
Dylan Wanham, back still first team every time I've been out there. I know, you know, they've said they're going to kind of give both those guys, he and uh, Wanamaker, first team reps. But when we've been out there, uh, you know, it's it's kind of been Wanham at, at right tackle. I've heard, you know, he's got a lot of first team reps. I kind of feel like that one's starting to maybe settle in a little bit. Um, Boogie Huntley still working with the ones alongside really? Zach Pickens. Yeah. Seems like he's made a step, y'all. I mean, he's been with the ones a lot when we've been out there. Then you have uh, MJ Webb, Tonka Hemingway as the other two at defensive tackle behind, you know, those two guys. Uh, Jordan Birch back out there working with the twos, though. I think they're still, you know, bringing him back along a little bit sort of easily. But, yeah, it was it was productive. Um more productive than most 20 minutes of practice for us, I think. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things was not only getting to see, it's always kind of gold nuggets when you get to see a little bit of 11 on 11 um, with some, you know, some little surprises in there. A lot of that might have had to do with just kind of reacclimating some of the injured guys back, as Wes said. But uh, we did get, you know, I think I think there was some good injury news today or some good non-injury news. Some guys, you know, coming back, Birch being fully padded and, you know, going in practice, Marshawn Lloyd was – uh, Marshawn Lloyd and Corey Rucker were off to the side doing some stretching and some bikes and stuff like that, but they were dressed out. They were back. Christian Beal Smith seems, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, seems maybe a little bit more of the more of the serious variety, quote-unquote. Not serious in the sense that I'm saying he's going to miss any time, just yeah. he wasn't doing anything. Okay. He was, you know, sitting on the scooter today. Scooter going around and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean that's pretty standard. The scooter the is very standard now. Yeah. For uh, for example, this time last week, um, Corey Rucker had the scooter. Yep. Booted all that, and if you looked at him, if you just weren't around football very much, you'd be like, "Well, my man got hurt. He's hurt, hurt today." Yeah, but he's dressed. Um, they actually had him doing just sort of some little like ankle stability balance tests over there hmm. uh, before practice. He looked to me like he was kind of going to be, all right, go do some stuff, and we're going to be easy. We're going to limit you. Marshawn Lloyd, same deal, dressed out, but was doing some stuff on the side. Had it, had the ankle taped up, um, but, you know, not booted, not braced, not anything like that. So I I thought it was very positive as far as a lot of those guys go. Just it, it was, This wasn't one of those things where, you know, a coaching staff and we all kind of have the mush champ uh, itis where we're like, all right, <laughs> Is this guy going to be back this week, or is he going to be out for ten weeks? You know, yeah. and to see the those guys, all the ones we just talked about, um, you know, looked pretty close to to mm-hmm. being back full go. I, I feel think. like it's unfair to call that must champ itis. Though I feel like it's all college football coaches. I feel like it was to an extreme. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I'm still a little bit concerned because I think every, wasn't everyone from the scrimmage expected back on Monday, and guys still not like Marshawn only talking about his minor foot sprain or whatever it was it's like just had a minor amputation like i'll be well i think i mean what how do you define back right right depends on what the definition of it would, is would, would cory rucker you know what I mean? so, so what you saw today you think cbs would have been the only guy not playing in a game this afternoon i, I really don't know a cbs i don't think plays you know could um and josh van was back out there i don't know if we already said that but uh you know, Ruck or Lloyd, I mean, could they have gone? Just looking at them, I probably I think they if this was game day and South Carolina was kicking off in a couple of hours, they would probably have been out there going through the same movements we saw them doing for before practice and it probably would have been a game time mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to speculate too much on injuries, but just what we saw, you would 
you would think it'd kind of just be how do you feel in this exact moment. Um, I would think they probably could have gotten cleared just because of the fact they were dressed out and were not in non-contact. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times they'll put them in a different color jersey um, and, and be like, be you know, be easy on, on this guy. But they were in full garnet jerseys today. Yeah, I mean, and to build on that, game time decision is not a myth. That is an actual mm-hmm. thing a lot of times. You know, you may feel a certain way the night before or go leading up to a game and see how you feel during warm-ups. And so whenever you do hear that, I know you maybe people like Pearson might be a little bit more skeptical, but... Always. Yeah, if you if you lean to that side, the idea of somebody being a game-time decision, that is a real thing, and that can that could be true. And I, I was going to say, I feel like um, anytime you're talking about foot, ankle, hamstring, it's one of those things... You may feel great when you roll out of bed. You may feel great walking on it. And then the second you're asked to put any real full speed cut motion force on it, it feels a lot different. And then the inverse, right? You might feel really stiff waking up. And then with a mm. little bit more movement and some mm. little stretching, and you might feel a lot better. You might be able to go for a while. So, I mean, like you said, you can't, it's tough to really speculate on specifically muscle injuries or things of that nature. But as I've said before, my antenna is up. And it's worth paying attention to. Did you have the scooter when you had your knee injury? Uh, no. Because <laughs> no. you tore, I mean, everything, right? ACL, yeah, yeah, MCL, yeah. PCL, yeah, LCL. I had a clean sweep. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't have the scooter. That was, as, as I've stated before, that was the most jacked I've ever been in my life because I was on crutches. Uh-huh. And my triceps were crazy. It was, <laughs> it was the best thing to ever for my upper body. Yeah. My, my lower body was a twig because I wasn't stepping on my leg, but mm. I was jacked. It was crazy. I guess it's good. Like, if you don't need to put pressure on your ankle and they can help you come back sooner, I guess get the scooter. But it comes back to our conversation the other day about, uh, you know, hormesis, I guess. Uh, you get a boo-boo and you get the scooter and you had, like, the full knee and, and you didn't even get the scooter. So I, I don't know. When, when I see the scooter, I just get concerned because, the, like, the, the scooter played a very prominent role in, like, South Carolina mythology when someone's making a movie about the Will Muschamp era, like, like Chapter 5. The scooter. Jake Bentley after the North Carolina game is like, oh no, he's fine. Oh no, someone saw him crossing the street on a scooter. Oh no, he's out for the season. Or you know, whatever. It was, it was, the the scooter just seems very ominous to me. Very ominous. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like the scooter is very prevalent these days. Like it is. Oh, extremely. You can be like, it's just like a new oh, bandage. Stub my tail on that table. Scooter. Yeah. I you know, like so. it'll help you. You know. I mean, they do. I mean, they have a lot of advances i mean you've got all these different things you can put your body in to make it better yeah just just like let them float in that little egg that little sensory deprivation yeah the float tank have y'all been in that yet i haven't i I I would love to to. get in it we've had some guys tell us that you can like i mean yeah i went in there and took a nap yeah that's that's i could use about a 30 minute nap in the in the old egg (laughs) tank thing. oh i remember i think it was clint haggard maybe giving us a tour of the facility or something like that right when they opened the long football operation he said a 30 minute nap and there's the equivalent of like four hours of sleep. yes yes i need that that's efficient crazy that, that sounds like a Joe Rogan thing, too, that little, like, sensory deprivation yeah, that's what egg. I was saying. It's a, it's a slippery slope. You know, we're doing egg tanks, and then we're <laughs> taking ayahuasca trips with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. This thing could go, it could go left really quick. Now. Yeah, well, you know, we were talking, so $7 billion media deal for the Big Ten. Preston's like, what are they going to spend that money on? You're going to have the recording studio. You're going to have the barbershop. You're going to have the sensory deprivation tank, and you're going to have the shaman for your, you know, 
<laughs> like DMT trips or whatever. Yeah, who knows? Uh, 803-404-6100. Let me reset here before we go totally off the rails. Uh, Love Chevy phone line, text line, however you guys want to be a part of the show. And if you want to get us on Twitter, at GC Chris Clark, at Wes Mitchell GC, at Coach P Tweets, I am at Pearson Fowler. We'll get a few more thoughts from practice. Uh, Xavier McLeod has a big commitment to make this afternoon. And as part of our position group breakdown, we're talking about the quarterbacks today, really just two of them mostly. But we'll get Wes and Chris's thoughts on best-case scenario and worst-case scenario for Spencer Rattler, the progress of Luke Doty, and, you know, for whatever it's worth on a day in which we're digging into the position group, maybe how the number three quarterback slot is shaping up. Uh, Also, we'll have some more uh, tickets to give you to the South Carolina home opener against Georgia State. Uh, That'll be in just a few minutes, so keep listening to 107.5 The Game if you want an opportunity to go see South Carolina play Georgia State 16 days from today right in the same building that we're sitting at. We're broadcasting live from Williams-Brice Stadium, and the Gamecock Central Hour continues next. From Williams Bryce Stadium. Pumping you up for the kickoff of the 2022 Gamecocks football season. South Carolina football. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 1117 here on a Thursday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Hour on 107.5 The Game. Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, Preston Thorne, all here with you broadcasting live from Williams-Brice Stadium. We're sitting up in the zone right now looking out of the field, which looks game ready. South Carolina will be out there 16 days from today, taking on Georgia State. And by then, we'll have a depth chart. We'll have a full injury report. We'll be watching football. No more speculating, just assessing what we get to see on the field. Uh, For now, though, plenty of speculation. One thing we do know is that Spencer Rattler, barring essentially just an injury, is going to be taking the first snaps for South Carolina in the 2022 football season. Uh, As we do position breakdowns, you know, yesterday we we were doing offensive line, so here's position battles, here's depth chart, here's this, that, and the other. With quarterback, it's a little more cut and dry. It's Spencer, it's Luke. I am curious to hear what you guys are maybe hearing about who might be behind Luke if anybody has separated himself. But I wanted to start with Spencer. We've talked about Spencer for like six months straight. But let's zoom out. Big picture. Let's really simplify this. Chris, the best case scenario for Spencer Rattler this season is just in general just in general heisman trophy number one overall pick third team all sec solid quarterback what's the best case scenario well the best case scenario is that all that happens for him but i mean like i guess you're going on what i think you know no no no, no, no not happen. what you think i, I want to know like the best version and the worst version because I, I was thinking about this last night and i and i kind of realized that while there's a lot of variance there that even the low end is just like such a tremendous upside for carol which is obvious but just when you yeah. lay it out but so i, I just want to set kind of the the parameters for both extreme both potential extreme for spencer could he have a heisman trophy caliber season this year I'm not being difficult. I feel like you're asking a couple of different things. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> right? You're like, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, so, I mean, like, I think there's a a high end of what I think Spencer could do, and then there's like a high end of like, you know, I mean, from a talent perspective, this is a guy that has already been on Heisman list, you know. And so, if you're just saying what is possible, well, yeah, it's possible for him to be a first team All American, Heisman Trophy winner, and a first round pick, maybe even number one pick, like because of yeah. You know, the talent level he has. But if we're kind of making it like what I realistically think it will be, I mean, I don't think Spencer Rattler is going to win the Heisman this year. I'm just – I'm not afraid to go on the record. That right. doesn't mean – there are guys that have incredible seasons that don't win the Heisman. And you can even go back and say they should have won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I think one reason for that is I couldn't sit here today and say I think South Carolina is going to run the table in the regular season, be in Atlanta, win the SEC title, make the playoff. Mm-hmm. If they do that and Spencer Rattler is your quarterback and playing well, he's going to have a really good shot at the highest. Well, well, let me let me stop you there though, because I would say if we, because there is this balance between like beer, like what's realistic and what's upside. I think even if we're not being realistic, I the, the upside of this current South Carolina football team is not. SEC championship. And that's not disrespectful to what Shane Beamer's done in the last couple of years. That's just not the kind of team they are. I do think that it's reasonable to think the upside for Spencer Rowler could be like he could have that kind of even if he doesn't win the Heisman, could he be a Heisman finalist at South Carolina? You know, the Gamecocks still win seven or eight games. That's a very good season for them. I think he could still have those kinds of numbers and other limitations might hold South Carolina back. Yes, I mean if he you put up Heisman esque numbers on a team that goes well. I mean, that would mean they had a really good season. Well, I mean, I mean we've seen that up. though. Like you know, Lamar Jackson at Louisville. Like those are good Louisville teams. Those are not ten plus win Louisville right. teams. Those are solid teams. Like you can have some of those seasons. But but so you're you're establishing just individually the upside is as advertised. What is the worst case scenario for Spencer Rattler short of an injury this year? Yeah, that's definitely the worst case. Um, <laughs> Preston disagrees. Yeah, I just argued that injuries is not the worst case scenario for Spencer because he still would have an opportunity if you know provided come back. from his injury. Right. I would yeah. say his worst case scenario would be yeah. being exposed, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah, I know. I totally get what game. you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, since he's not a senior with no eligibility left, right? That makes total sense. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I would agree with you. Then I, I think you know if Spencer plays say average this year Mm -hmm. you know now you've gone from his perceived stock which would have been what after the 2020 season when he had that big year for Oklahoma and he entered the 2021 season with a lot of very well deserved off-season accolades and hype and if he comes in and you know struggles I mean what however you define that Mm -hmm. right just has some bad games just kind of looks off Mm mm-hmm then your then your stock's down, and then it's kind of okay. Well, does he go ahead and cash that in, or right. is he another year? So the worst case scenario, the worst you can imagine, Spencer Rattler playing for South Carolina this year is that still better than Zeb Nolan, Jason Brown, Andrew Luke Doty, and to carry on Joiner in the bowl game last year? Yes, I think so. Is that still better than Colin Hill? Yeah, I think so, and I, I'm taking everything into account too. I mean, not just yeah. I mean a, how a quarterback plays also depends on you know I mean a lot of quarterbacks. That with tons of talent, they're still throwing to receivers that are are third down guys. Where if you need a play, mm-hmm. you throw the ball up to them and they make the play. Yeah, quarterback gets the credit <laughs> a lot of the times. Yeah, that goes in their stat book. But um, I mean, I, I think when you look at what Spencer has to work with too, I think that picture is better than the last two years. Right, which well, is going to help him. And I would go back even farther. So there's last year, there's Colin uh, Hill, and then. Jake Bentley, Lorenzo Nunez, Brandon McElwain, Perry Orth. But Bentley is the interesting one. Is the worst-case scenario for Spencer Rattler this year better than Jake Bentley? No. No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, y'all, Jake put up some... He put up some good numbers. He did. He did. <laughs> I, I guess I guess the, the, the point that... I, and I'm not trying to... to maybe I am tanning the jury pool, like leading the witness here a little bit, but I'm, I'm curious because it just doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel like there's been this much certainty and not just like optimism, like, oh, this guy could be good. This guy could take a step like the worst version of the quarterback this year 
should be better than, in my opinion, anything Carolina's had since 2014. Maybe Chris is pushing back and saying one of those Bentley years. Well, Bentley in 2018, that was at times a good offense. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that was Debo, Brian Edwards, Shai Smith, or Trey's freshman year. He had Rico Dowdle. Yeah, that, Jay- all, that offense was way better than it's given credit for. Yeah, I feel like, and and that's why, and that was one of the things Muschamp. When they struggled so much, I guess, the next year, mm-hmm. he looked back on that and said nobody was expletive when we were scoring 30 points a game or whatever, right? If if Carolina this year gets back to even the 2018 level, most people are probably pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Record that's, that's, 30, that's 30 points a game, I think. Yeah, I mean, Bentley was 62%. He threw for 3,000 yards, 27 touchdowns to 14 picks. There were a few too many picks in there, but he had 27 touchdowns. I mean, you go back and look, that hasn't been – touched right i mean <laughs> since so okay. if, if if spencer rattler puts up this exact stat line this year that's it's a pretty good year okay that's like a six out of ten for him in terms of what he could hit i mean spencer has literally done i mean even last year when he got benched I don't know why I did air quotes. He did get benched. But <laughs> I, I meant to do when he got benched and had such a quote-unquote terrible year. year yeah. <laughs> he was like 70% completion. There was one game. He had like a Connor Shaw against Missouri game. Mm-hmm. Like I think he missed one pass or something or two. You know, So I think his upside is he can get to 68% completions and he can cut down on those interception numbers okay. and he can throw. That's what – we're we're working on a roundtable right now, and we're going to answer the question: Is he going to throw thirty touchdowns this year? I don't know my answer yet. All right, we all don't have to give it now. You can save it for the piece. But Wes, we'll kind of same line of questioning, and we'll see if you're more or less difficult than Chris. <laughs> well, what's the, what's the high end? What's the best case scenario for Spencer this season? Are you buying that it's a Heisman finalist kind of season? Do y'all know what the most touchdown passes in South Carolina history for a season is? It was Dylan Thompson in 2014, wasn't it? I gotta guess. It was not. It was Todd Ellis. Yeah. It was not. That. Tommy Suggs. It was not. God. Steve Wadiak. Half right. <laughs> Steve Tannehill. There it okay. is. Okay. 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 Was that right. thirty-two? Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine. Oh, there. can we see it from where we're sitting? That's the record. That's the record. Wow. So uh, an um, interesting sublayer to my. So if um, if Spencer Rattler throws thirty touchdowns, that will be the best season as far as passing touchdowns go in school history. Um, I think the upside is probably not quite Heisman, but I think the upside is, and we're talking, this is everything goes perfectly. 32 touchdowns, 3,000 plus yards passing, um, under 10 picks. Like, I think if you throw 30, if you throw 30 touchdowns, you're probably going to have turned the ball over a little bit as well Mm -hmm. because you're probably probably trying to make some throws, and you've hit a bunch of them, but yeah. you've maybe turned it over a little bit as well. So maybe but, not Heisman finalist, but Davey O'Brien finalist? And definitely in the conversation for the single best quarterback season in South Carolina history. In 2012, I, I thought of this anecdote and then needed to go back and make sure I was you know, thinking correctly on it from a data standpoint. Johnny Manziel won the Heisman as a freshman mm-hmm. in 2012. Texas A&M. Eleven and two, six and two in conference. Hmm. Really good team. Yeah, not an amazing team. Yeah. the big win against Alabama. Yep, top of the highlight reel. Yep, mm. they lost a three-point game to Florida and a five-point game to LSU, and, and yeah. that was it. But I mean, 
they didn't win the national championship. No. He had his Heisman moment beating Alabama. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like that one play where he like ran back and forth like three times. And, and he was a freshman, and he was just electrified. Yeah, yeah. So he was a new, you know. So what's the worst-case scenario? Is the worst case for Spencer Rattler this year better or worse than Jake Bentley in 2018? I think worst case okay. is um, worst case is worse than what Jake Jake was that year. Like I think Jake at his best and probably one of the most frustrating things probably for fans was we saw Jake at times where we were like, man, this guy is taking like the next step. And um, you know, I, I had very high expectations for what Jake Bentley's career was going to be, and um, we only saw glimpses of it. But I, I think Jake at his best is still probably better than what your like worst case scenario is kind of your floor uh for spencer this year the floor i think of it more like okay maybe there's still some protection problems up front uh spencer gets knocked around a lot um you know isn't getting clean pockets maybe throws 16 17 touchdowns and it's just kind of like a middle you know maybe just the offense itself just doesn't get going bogs down in the red zone and it's just statistically not this huge year that that a lot of people are maybe praying yeah. if they're a Gamecock fan for right now. Um, but it's still a solid yeah. year, I think. So the other way that I was thinking about this, and, and I want all of y'all's quick take on this, I can say Spencer Rattler could have a Heisman kind of season. And we can all sit here and say probably not. Like realistically, supporting cast, play calling, maybe not the most realistic thing, but you're not going to laugh in my face. And it's going to be more than like a 10-second, I just said that, and then we're just going to move on because you can't even engage in a conversation, right? How many guys, since all of you have been alive, have you been able to get that response for South Carolina? Because I can think of three. That's a good point. I thought of Alshon, I thought of Marcus, and I thought of Jadavian. Yeah, there, there's somebody else in there, but... And Preston, of course. I mean, <clears throat> I'm trying to. It was too long ago. Like, what was the what was the temperature on like Sidney Rice? Cause, I mean, man, he was good. Know. He was he was great, but I don't think it was. I don't think it, it was, was, it was quite to that level. I don't remember any Heisman talk. What, 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 were, your, to, what were your three again? Alshon, Marcus, and Jadavian. Okay, yeah, Cl- Clowney. There was legitimate talk going into his third year yeah. mm-hmm. of like this is a defensive guy who could yeah we had 13 and a half sacks and 23 and a half tackles for loss half of which number. were in clemson it felt like yeah uh, yeah well it's interesting to me because we made we made a comparison between spencer and jake bentley and then we also said spencer and lamar jackson and i feel like that's a very large chasm <laughs> it is and uh i'm wondering if spencer's name should even be brought in that same category as lamar jackson yeah, not yet, not yet. I guess that's probably fair. Let let me give you one more to Kenny Pickett. Okay. How um, big are Spencer's hands? <laughs> don't know. Um, eleven and three last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. They won the ACC title game. They were eleven and three, seven one conference, won the ACC title game. Kenny Pickett put up the following. 4,319 passing yards, 42 touchdowns, and seven picks. He finished third in the Heisman voting. Okay. So he was on a conference title team. Okay. Put up video game numbers. I don't know if I could put that up on easy mode. Got the college football rules changed with his fake slot. That's right. 
And, and I, I really, I mean, I think it might be the eleven and three. I mean, because man, he was good. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I should be <laughs> laughing in my face. Uh, no, you shouldn't. Um, you shouldn't because as great as Spencer is, he's still plugging himself into an office that was terrible last year. Yeah. And maybe he's going to be the thing that changes that offense. But going back to Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson had Bobby Petrino calling plays, who uh, admittedly is not a great dude. We know that, but he's a great play caller. Yeah. Um, our play calling is yet to be seen this year, so I still think that's worth taking into account is the yeah. offense that he's playing in. Yeah. 803-404-6100. I, I want to circle back to one other interesting X factor here. Uh, I want to hear from you, too, in the Love Chevy phone line or in the uh, text line, 803-404-6100. You can get us on Twitter at Coach P Tweets, at West Mitchell GC, at GC Chris Clark, and at Pearson Fowler. One of the other variables here, what will Spencer look like compared to SEC competition? Uh, I want to dig into a little bit, you know, the, the Big 12 defenses versus the SEC defenses. A lot of reputation there, a lot of prestige there, certainly. What's the reality about the difference that Spencer will have to acclimate himself to this fall? Next. Stadium. Pumping you up for the kickoff of the 2022 Gamecocks football season. South Carolina football on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Welcome back into the Extra Point, the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game. It is 11.37 on a Thursday morning. Pearson, Preston, Wes, and Chris broadcasting live from Williams-Price Stadium overlooking the field, which has gone from just a blank green slate to now... I mean, immaculate numbers, lines, hash marks, like just perfectly. Um, I mean, it's really impressive to watch. Uh, Preston was talking about having painted lines on fields before, and it's just, uh, it's it's like at least for me writing anything on a piece of paper that doesn't have the lines and like all of my things just kind of go down. It was really impressive to watch them put that together. Are they practicing in here on Saturday? Yes. Yes. Okay. Saturday night. All right. So it's ready for it. It looks, looks really good. good. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. happy to be in here. You know when they start putting out the um, the little cushioned seats? That's one of your big signs. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Season is here. That's what they're doing right now. It's yeah. just thousands of cushioned seats being locked into place. <laughs> um, and you got this final, I mean, the scaffolding, as you said, is still up. You always have this final construction push mm-hmm. where um, it's like, all right, got it. got two and a half weeks, got to get this thing done. Yeah. Two and a half weeks. Two week, two weeks and two days before we'll be watching Spencer Rattler take snaps for South Carolina. Uh, it'll be a, a week a week more than that before he gets to see his first SEC competition. And honestly, Arkansas, Georgia, a couple of tough opponents to get things started. I want to dig into it's not it's not a myth, but a suggestion that there's going to be this epic trial by fire for Spencer as he enters the SEC. Maybe in seeing Georgia, he will see something like he has never seen before defensively. But, like, playing Vanderbilt is not going to give him fits in a way that is unique to the SEC schedule, nor will Missouri. Um, you know, Georgia, yes. Arkansas, not like a defensive juggernaut, so not so much. How, how, much, is, how much do you expect there to be a real acclimatization period for Spencer, and how ready do you think he is to actually play in the SEC? But personally, I don't even know if it's about the SEC. I think it's just more about being in a completely different offense and – not even just what you would normally say, like, oh, you know, they've got different play calls, different ways of structuring things. This is a, like, decidedly pro-style approach, and you're going from 
you know, this Lincoln Riley Big 12 style, spread them out, uh, one word calls, no huddling to actually a little more of a methodical, we're going to huddle up, we're going to yeah. get to the line. Um, you're, you're doing play action where you're actually under center and turning your back to a defense and then having to turn back around, reset yourself. All the footwork that goes with that, all the just quick decisions that, that come along with that as well. Um, I think it will, in the long term, especially if he passes this trial, could be very good for him as he kind of tries to make that next step. But I, I do think there's a bit of a uh, a curve there just doing all those things that are somewhat new in a game setting. As far as SEC goes, I mean, I, you mentioned Georgia. I think Georgia, you know, playing Texas A&M, the defensive guys they'll have out there, and then not even an SEC school, obviously, but playing Clemson's defense. I think those are the defenses that he'll probably be like, okay, this is a little yeah. faster than I'm used to. But, you know, he he played um, – Like Baylor and Oklahoma State have good defenses. In the he played Florida there. in a bowl game, right? Yeah, yeah so, they uh, they beat Florida 55-20. to 20. Spencer went for 247 he, and three he touchdowns. Up, he had a huge yeah. day against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so maybe the adjustment is not going to be playing in the SEC but playing on an average team. Right, because he's used to playing at Oklahoma with or multi more talented than everybody else that they stepped on the field with. Yeah, absolutely. And now he's gonna have to be the probably most talented person on the at least on the offense and I don't know how we'll have to see how he responds to that and mm-hmm. how what type of lifting it's gonna take to take a team from average to good instead of good to great, I guess, what he would do at Oklahoma. So I'm interested in seeing how that plays out. Yeah, well it's such a different skill set. You know, I was um uh, shout out to Scott Galloway. I was reading his book a couple months ago, and he was talking about how you need like different skill sets for someone to start a business than someone to run a business. And you know, maybe Spencer is is better at elevating the guys around him than being like one cog in an offense like he was at Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, there, there's Preston makes a great point. I mean, not only the talent level, and then you can you can dive in and say some weeks the level of defenses they are playing certainly in the Big 12 were not as good there were some you know right. Oklahoma State Baylor played Florida um, but Spencer is definitely going to have to carry this team offensively more than he did at Oklahoma and a lot of people think of Oklahoma and they think of Lincoln Riley and all the offensive weapons that they had at receiver and the quarterbacks and that's a fair point but they also ran the ball very well at Oklahoma something obviously they didn't do well here last year and so it's going to be critical for South Carolina to be able to run the football as well uh, this year, you know, to to help Spencer. Yeah, it's just weird. Like watching every week, like it, like there's definitely some confirmation bias there. But when I watch a Big Twelve game, I'm like, yeah, here we go, lots of scoring, quarterback play, spread out, lots of plays, no defense, and and, and I, I you know I think that's a you know, a lot of stereotypes are based on truth, so there is that. But I guess I just. I don't know. I, I wasn't sure if that was fair. And in the SEC, like we said, Texas A&M, Georgia, there's going to be a ton of talent there. Clemson, like, is is playing Kentucky, is playing Arkansas, is that going to be dramatically different than playing Kansas State? Or Yeah, so talent-wise, I think, obviously, if he's talking about he's a first-round talent, that means he could play anybody, anywhere, anytime. Mm. But maybe it's the intangibles when some more stuff might go wrong playing for a team or maybe they're – the defensive linemen are getting to him a little bit quicker than he's used to playing yeah. in Oklahoma. Just, just less how, margin for error. Yeah, just how do you respond to those types of things. And hopefully he's prepared for that. I'm sure he is. But it's just going to be a different skill set. Than, as you said, it's going to be something different that he's going to have to do that he 
probably didn't have to do as much of mm-hmm. at Oklahoma. Well, the, to your point, like, you know, a defensive line getting to you faster, you made the point the other day, like, a window that was maybe there for an extra half a second last week or, you know, last year against against Kansas isn't going to be there against somebody like Kentucky. So that's, you know, that that's, you know, may, maybe one of the differences that we'll see play out. But to your, but, I mean, to your overall point, like, if he's – I guess it's like the jump you make to the NFL, but if, if that's what his aspirations are, then he should be he should be ready for that. And you know the other thing is if you you know when you're playing these more quality defenses, whether it was at Oklahoma or you project it to the SEC schedule that he'll face, you know he he doesn't have at least proven right. I mean, there's some guys that you feel like could take a step forward. There aren't as many proven like bailout guys. Is kind of what we yeah. we call them. Where all right, it's third and eight. It's time to throw the ball up, and Marvin Mims is going to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. Was that <laughs> yes. number eighteen from Oklahoma? Whoever number eighteen was the monster. I don't remember what number he was. You just, you're right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, which That's one? I mean, you, could, you know, I can't remember which one wore it, but you had Mims, you had you know Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, loaded at receiver, Austin Stogner. I mean, yeah, he, he brought one of them out here, <laughs> and they have they have a lot of really good backs out there too. So, and that's the thing. Like, you look at like uh, people won't want to hear this example, but like you watched like. Um, Trevor Lawrence play Alabama. Trevor Lawrence is obviously incredibly talented, but when it was third and eight against Alabama, who's loaded on defense, he could throw the ball up, and there's Justin Ross or T. Higgins or somebody to just, you know, put out their robotic arms yeah. and go catch the football. That no, we don't do a lot makes of Clemson, it easier. Clemson highlights here, but that catch Justin Ross made on the sideline. Yeah, that was his freshman year, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. We, we just we did as a freshman in the national we championship. Had anybody that could do that here in a while? Yeah, so I mean, and there's look, they're in a better spot than they were last season from a playmaker standpoint. There's no doubt here at South Carolina, but all that just means is there is fair or unfair. There's a little more pressure on, yeah. on Spencer to go carry the thing. It's Spencer's show. It seems like Luke Doty is a very solid backup right now and has made some strides this preseason camp. We'll get Wes and Chris's thoughts on what Luke has done and maybe where South Carolina stands beyond that. Uh, several other quarterbacks have other interesting options maybe for the future for South Carolina behind Spencer and Luke. We'll get their thoughts on that. want to remind you, too, 803-406-100, if you would like to be in this building where we're sitting right now two weeks from Saturday watching South Carolina play Georgia State, we'll give you a pair of tickets if you're caller number six right now, 803-404-6100. Ed, back in the Herndon Chevy Studios, will answer the phone, give him a nice uh, rooster crow, uh, but the sound of a rooster with a comb, not without a comb, however you differentiate that. 803-404-6100. Call, what did I say, six or five? Five. Five? Caller number five. Caller number whatever you want, Ed. <laughs> 803-404-6100. You win a pair of tickets to go see South Carolina's home opener against Georgia State. More on the quarterback depth chart next. From Williams Price Stadium. Pumping you up for the kickoff of the 2022 Gamecocks football season. South Carolina football. On your home of the Gamecocks. 1075 The Game. Welcome back in to the Gamecock Central Hour here on 1075 The Game, 1151 on a Thursday morning. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you from Williams Bryce Stadium overlooking the field. Uh, they have a video of, oh, it was a butterfly like. Beautiful butterfly. Doing butterfly things on a flower um, on the big video board. It looks nice. It looks game-ready or at least scrimmage-ready for this Saturday. Two weeks from Saturday will be kickoff, and uh, one week from tomorrow, actually, is the 107.5 The Game Golf Tournament out at Charwood. Uh, you can still sign up. There's limited space available. You can sign up as an individual, as a foursome. We'll have breakfast plus lunch from Little Pigs. There's going to be a closest-to-the-pin challenge, long-drive prizes, 
hole-in-one cash prize, football tickets to give away, station prizes to give away, a lot to do. And if you would like to sign up, again, limited availability, but call Charwood, 803-755-2000 if you would like to register. That's coming up one week from Friday. Um, All right, as we wrap things up here on a Thursday on our quarterback position breakdown day, Luke Doty's number two, solidly number two. Is Luke Doty closer to Spencer Rattler or whoever's number three? I I think he's closer to Spencer Rattler, in my opinion, than whoever's number three. And uh, I think, again, Beamer going out of his way to just um, sincerely talk about the progress that, that Luke has made and, and showed in the last scrimmage kind of caught my attention. Um, you know, it, it seems like Luke's taking a big step, and it seems like Luke is healthy. I think he's more comfortable than he was last year. He's handled um, all this stuff incredibly well, you know, bringing in the guy who was the former normal one quarterback, you know, in the class. Like, that's – in this day and age, a lot of guys would have just transferred themselves. He didn't. Um, I think they feel pretty good about one and two right now. Who's number three? To carry on, Joyner. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Earnestly? I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. wow. If stuff hit the fan, they probably throw him out there. Makes sense. I mean, he's done it more than the other guys at this point, which is, I mean, it's Colton. It's um... no. I was just, I was yeah. just thinking as y'all were talking, Luke and Spencer, they're pretty close as far as skill sets are concerned. So things wouldn't change drastically if Luke was in. It seems like they can pretty much do a lot of the same same things on offense. Yeah, I, I think a healthy Luke, you're probably a little more design QB run, stuff like that, but I don't think structurally that you would have to just no. change everything. How, how much do you expect that to be part of Spencer's offense? Design run, I mean. I, I wouldn't think a ton. Like, I don't, what do you, I mean, I think he's the guy, he's going to run, but it's just going to be more forced to run yeah. or just run out of the pocket, keep his eyes downfield. Um, it's more out of necessity and running running to throw as opposed to running to run, I think, is his game. Maybe you mix it in mm-hmm. every now and then, but it's not going to be a huge part of yeah. what he does, I, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you, you want to keep him healthy. I mean, that sounds like kind of a cop-out because, I mean, a lot of teams run their quarterback, you know, their starter. Um, and I remember Spencer told us, at some point, I can't remember West if that was like right after he'd signed with South Carolina or at a different point, but he did mention that, you know, working on his mobility even more and being able to use his legs more and showcase that more was a priority for them. That said, he's not going to carry the ball yeah. 15 times a game. That's, that's where you got to think about he's he's a mobile-ish quarterback, but he's not a, definitely not a dual-threat quarterback. That's not He's not somebody that's yeah. just going to take over the game with his legs mm-hmm. uh, to pro comp. You know, you're thinking, like, again, going back to Ayahuasca Aaron. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. he can move and move well, but that's not what he wants to do. Yeah, or even Russ. Um, Very similar, yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, time for a uh, patented, annoying, uh, <laughs> Pearson, random thought of question. Okay. Who has more carries this year, Spencer Rattler or Jaheim Bell? Oh, man. Are you counting like? Not are you sex. counting a sack as Not a carry? Okay. That's the okay. dumbest thing ever. I hate that. <laughs> Jaheim Bell. Yeah, I'm gonna go Jaheim on that too. Oh, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, if Marcus is saying 100, I guess that's gonna be more than Spencer's probably not gonna have 100 carries. Take the under. <laughs> yeah, take the under. I'd say pretty solidly Jaheim Bell. 
Okay. I think. Okay. So not many carries. What's the Jaheim Bell carry total? You put it at forty. Right? Did I make the over under forty or fifty? Forty. Yeah. I think you said. I think you said forty, and you take the over. Okay. Yep. So three carries a game. Is that the math? <laughs> I mean, make a bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty-nine yeah. times thirteen mm-hmm. times a little over three, three times game. thirteen. Did y'all watch Welcome Home last night? I did. They cut it off though. At the uh, that's what I heard. I didn't get to watch it last night, so I was I was uh, glad that we made they, it through the show without a. Cut. They had to get to the rain delay of the Little League World Series. Are you serious? It was very important that's show. Amazing. The, the yeah. thing is, it was. Um, I felt like. Did you watch it? Preston? No, I did not. See I felt it. like we were like getting somewhere with it because they they added a narrator. That was my biggest issue. Yeah. At first. Oh, okay. Um, added took, a narrator. Took Wes's notes. And, <laughs> and then um, and then you know. We were getting into it was like from the start of uh, preseason camp, like report yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was all new yeah. content, new video. You know, the first one was a mix of like stuff Justin King's media team had done. It looked yeah, like yeah. stuff we'd seen before, and then of course their new stuff. But uh, this, I was like, all right, we're rolling along. We got a lot of new content here. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was a better okay. episode. But then it, I mean, it literally, it was like Eric Douglas is talking. They're like, we're back here in Williamsport for the – and I'm like, I'm, come on, what? guys. I'm not, mad. I'm not mad at that, man. The Little League World Series is very, very important. It's clearly one of the best Nintendo games ever made. Does anybody remember that? It was fire. Nobody remembers that? No. Uh, I was backyard baseball, but not Little League baseball. Little League baseball was fire. Anybody awesome. listening? The way you picked – you know, they did like the bat toss, and you had to figure out who's had Oh, uh, really? Uh, I love that. It was tight. Sweet. That's cool. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow. Hopefully, I've had a chance to go back and watch it. But that is all we have time for here. Really appreciate you guys being with us. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with news on Xavier McLeod one way or the other. We'll have our next position group breakdown. Plenty more thoughts from practice after coordinators speak today. 16 days from football season and the halftime show with Jay Terry and Tommy live from williams Price Stadiums next. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.